Colby and Diane to All About Animals Radio. We are talking to gentle giants today, and that is an elephant-saving organisation who's done many phenomenal things to save elephants and help people in Thailand. Now, when COVID hit, um, the tourism industry in Thailand took a huge hit, and that left many elephants starving. It left them really the people with no income and mahouts who look after elephants can be children and they don't earn much money anyway and gentle giants stepped up and i think they started off by trying to save 11 elephants and it grew to 28 and diane and colby have done phenomenal work so hi diane hi colby hello thank you for having us thank you so where, where are we now with it all? Because obviously COVID's over, as much as it will be. Tourism's about to start. What's happening on the ground? Well, we grew to 28, but then we grew to 148, 153. Yeah, oh I think it was almost 160. Then we started yeah. uh, uh, going down to 148, then 100. We ended with the last count was 138 that we were helping. That's huge. And these were how many elephants would you say individual families have? Is it just they have one or one or two? You know, it's it's really funny that you just mentioned this, because first, I want to say that uh, what the description of how we started uh, is exactly how we started. <clears throat> Gentle Giants was born to help. Uh, these elephants and their families, their human families from starving to death. And that was going to be our mission. Our mission was just to keep uh, them alive and then fed while COVID was over. And of course, we never thought COVID was going to last as long as it has, or as long as it did. And it just developed and blossomed into a beautiful story of hope and compassion, hope for to give the elephants a better life and not only the elephants, but also their caretakers, hope uh, that they would never have to go back to a life of slavery and that their caretakers would be able to stay home with their own families and enjoy a decent, a life full of uh, dignity as well as the elephants. There was a lot of hope uh, that went into, that it just started uh, developing as Gentle Giants grew. We're a very young organization, just two years and a half, because that's what COVID has been around. Um, and with this, but now, where are we? Uh, as COVID has died down and, and the tourist industry is coming back, then this hope is starting to disappear because the tourists are driving uh, this, or they're demanding to have this close interaction with elephants and the owners are being taunted with amazing amounts of money, like incredible amounts of money uh, to have their elephants. So we're fighting and to go back to your question before we get into what's happening is that one elephant, uh, right now we're trying to save uh, an elephant whose name is Miu Miu. She's the mother of the elephant, uh, Kamsian, baby Kamsian who we just rescued. And people are telling us, are we going to be able to save this mother? Are we going to be able to rescue her? And to go back to your question, an elephant doesn't belong to one or two families. They belong, this elephant in particular, belongs to seven families. 
Oh, goodness. So that one elephant supports seven families. And when I'm talking about, imagine what each family has about four or five children. So times that by seven. And all of these family members have to agree on how much they're going to be selling the elephant if they want to sell the elephant. And that's a back and forth and it takes forever. So, you know, it's not an easy process. Uh, No elephant just belongs to one person. Uh, All elephants belong to several and multiple families that have to decide, all uh, have to come to an agreement. And sometimes when they make an offer to us, then it takes uh, them forever to make an offer to us. And then we are a counter offer and it takes them forever to again, go and gather all the seven families where everyone has a say in it. And then to come back and say yes or no or counter offer. Oh my goodness. That is complicated. And these these elephants that they're buying, are these elephants that over time people have bred and sort of sold the baby or are they getting them out of the wild or is it a mixture? No, uh, these are all captive elephants. All of these elephants have, uh, yes, uh, they're in captivity and they have been bred and their babies have been stolen over and over and over again from them. Uh, This is something that we have tried to stop, but it hasn't been an easy process. And now this is, uh, they're not buying, they're not only buying the elephants, they're also leasing the elephants. So there is a camp that I was told right now before they were offering 20,000 baht per elephant pre-COVID. And this is about how much is, uh, I think it's 500 or $700 a month. Now this uh, venue is offering 50,000 baht per elephant just to rent it out. This is something that gentle giants will never be able to compete. We will never be able to lease an elephant for about $1,800 a month that's impossible times that times that uh for 138 and we would there's no possible way we could compete with that and that's where that's what we're confronting right now we're confronting uh that greed is taking over and the hope that we had is uh to keep uh, all of them safe is disappearing and this is being driven by tourism and uh, another issue is yvonne so all elephants have always been sold, but usually they breed them, they get the babies. It's the babies, right? They want because babies bring tourists. Babies, it's the same in zoos and everything else. Right now, they're selling everything, handicapped, elderly, young, male babies, female babies. It's everything's up for grabs right now. And the amount of money is absolutely absurd, which we can't compete with. Um, you know, like a mother and a baby could go for two and a half million bot, which is around 80,000 US. Okay, if it was just those two. But when you've got hundreds of them, uh, you know, it'd be, it would take millions of dollars. And then you have the problem of land. You know, uh, many of these babies are boys. So then you have the problem of housing a a bull elephant. Right now they're babies, but they are a lot more expensive to house. 
um, because they have to have their own enclosure with a pretty good sized piece of land. It It's at times a little bit overwhelming, you know, because it's okay. also very heartbreaking. Um, Chinese, the China, Chinese people, sorry, are coming in and they were trying to do this during COVID and they actually were getting much better prices because people were letting their elephants go for a lot cheaper, but they're still coming in and, and they're opening up their own elephant camps, circus entertainment, you know. And the Thai government allows them to do this. Yes. The, well, so tourism is the number one source of income in Thailand. In 2019, just from elephant tourism, they brought in, it was like 500 to $700 million pre-COVID. They're expecting around 700 million tourists in 2023. So, you know, they, they charge starting around $25 an elephant ride. Uh, some are a little less, some are a little more. I mean, so yes, elephant tourism is supported. Um, there are animal welfare laws, but just like in India, there's animal welfare laws. And you know, there's a lot of loopholes, it seems. Um, the, you know, the Lek, our, our partner Lek is working in parliament, but it, again, it, it's not just the law because let me give you a quick example and then I'll let Diana... So the begging elephants, it's illegal for begging elephants to be on the streets, right? So they're in the back streets. A policeman sees this. He doesn't have anywhere to take the elephant. So he just kind of shoots them out of the city, but then they come right back. They don't have anywhere to move these animals. So, you know, it's just kind of, it's illegal, but yet there's other complications along with it. So they can't just seize the elephant, put it somewhere. And the government has never tried to make their own sanctuary or, or say to, you know, sanctuaries such as Elephant Nature Park, look, we've seized this elephant. Can you take it? Have, have they got okay. no slush fund to take care of elephants at all, the government, given that the elephant is a huge part of their society? Yeah, but they generate income for Thailand. Yeah. That's the problem. So it hasn't switched over yet in the mindset that you can still make money as ethical yeah you know you can make good money that's how diana and i have raised all our funds is just by showing the elephants in their natural habitat nobody is visiting them and hugging them and touching them and bathing them and all of that it's just watching them on video on a computer mm -hmm. and that's how we've made our donations but it's hard to change you know many many decades of a culture that this is how they believe they have to make money. And how how has it gone since you did COVID? And obviously you did the people a good favour, you know, and they in return kept their elephants at home. You bought crops from farmers to feed the elephants. You made sure people didn't starve. So has that kind of made a bridge? That has made a bridge, but at the bottom line, um, bottom line for them, the most important part is money. Some of them have uh, learned to see their elephants in a different light and have been able to see that elephants are not money-making machines. Some of them want to stay home and not only 
maybe it's not even for the benefit of the elephant, but for the their own benefit because they're able to see that they can enjoy their families and continue uh, receiving the same amount they would be receiving if they're out with their elephants. They don't get to go home. You know, the mahouts, uh, the caretakers don't get to go home in years. They can be out uh, in venues in the tourist uh, cities for one or two years and they don't see their families. And now with COVID, they were able to see that they were getting exactly the same amount uh, they were receiving when they were out in the tourist venues and they were able to enjoy their families. So that's where we have the upper hand, like where we could say, you know, if you want to stay with your family, we'll continue supporting you. But then there comes other factors because they're, many of them are saying, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do that, but we want to sell our elephants. And then it becomes also a, a thing of we can't be part of providing or supplying baby elephants to the tourist industry. Gentle giants, uh, Colby and Diana and life will not do this. We cannot be suppliers of elephants for the, for the venues. So that's where we are uh, trying to negotiate for them to say, no, if you have an elephant that you want to sell, but like a big necessity to sell, then you have to give us the chance to buy the elephant uh, so that we could take it, you know, to sanctuary, to really give it sanctuary. But we also have the problem that many of these uh, babies that we were supporting are boys. And each boy, just right now, we're trying to raise funds to for the first boy that we have rescued, which is baby Kamsan. He will have only about two years uh, to be with of the female elephants before he becomes a majestic bull that needs his own place. And it costs $100,000 just to make him a suitable enclosure and to fence out the area where he would be able to have a fulfilling life. So it's not a cheap task. It's a very, very expensive task. And so we need money, we need land, we need you know all of these things that need to come together. It's not an easy thing what we're going through right now. And having the owners being offered tons and tons of money, well, it's not helping because for them, it's just a quick fix. They could get rid of their elephant for double or triple the amount that they would have normally been offered pre-COVID. With so elephants, do they end up with, you know, I have visions here of, you know, like hundreds of male elephants and you think, well, there's not enough land anywhere for them. But I know these are not wild. In the wild, the, the bull elephants, I take it, would sort themselves out, go off, and, you know, they're they're kind of around the herd, but they've got plenty of space. Whereas if you have people breeding elephants and you have all these bull elephants, you know, is, is it like any other animal? You can out with, you know, years of a load of bull elephants or years of females. And as you say, if everybody needs an enclosure, if you take a bull elephant off, even if these people are keeping them at home and, you know, maybe people are paying to see them at home and then the people can go off during the day and do another job, which I understand there's been training programs that yourself, you know, you've run it with LEC to train people to do crafts, to do farming, to, you know, have a skill that means they don't need to stand on street corners begging with elephants. But you kind of just opened up another whole can of worms, really, that, you know, what do you do with so many bull elephants? Exactly. They chain them to a tree. Wow. They're chained to a tree oh. and can't go anywhere. 
So like the, the, they're not to... they're not like the female. I mean, many of the females are chained too, but uh, I mean, they're a lot more docile. I was talking to Lack, and I was telling her I think that we should try to do um, a wild uh, a reservation or a reserve. I'm sorry, a reserve for uh, uh, bulls. You know, try yeah. to do a reserve for bulls, and this would like kind of semi rewild them. Uh, buy a big land, fence it out, and we can have it where there could be corridors where they can connect with the wild, with literally the wild, but they could always come back to a safe haven, their safe haven. But this is a monumental... That's um, oh, phenomenal. Yeah. A if, they, if they did it, though, can you imagine idea. if the Thai government did it? If they had... But they're not like they have in, in China, they for the um, for the pandas, if they had... A kind of win-win where they have the reserves people have viewing points and things it's a huge tourist industry they still earn their money the animals are thriving wild it does take a government to want to do that which the chinese it's, have done with the pandas yeah. but it's huge the government, isn't it? yes but the government is not going to do it and the reason why is because they're receiving the money without putting in the effort why would they you know, they're, it's not like they're losing out on anything, having all these bull elephants being taken to logging or to, uh, and the bulls are the ones to suffer the most. The bulls, you know, at, before I used to think when I started advocating for elephants, I used to think that it was the females because they're raped over and over and over again and their babies taken away. And then I would say, oh my goodness, it's, it's worse for the females. And it turns out that really it's worse for the, the bulls in the sense that they never have a moment of peace, like no peace. They are always uh, heavily shackled. They're always being beaten. Uh, you know, they are tortured there. And this is from the moment they are turned into slaves to the moment they, they die. They are. Oh, I've seen the images. It is horrific. And it is, it is incredibly sad. And I can't believe that. I mean, to me, that's a stain upon a country you know if it was me in government I'd be thinking right climate sustainable tourism how do we get our money how can we clean up this mess that someone else has left and you know last government or whoever was in power you think that they would you know they've got so much to lose with the climate and elephants are such a keystone species they know, are so they, important, yeah. if they would just sort this out the amount of wins is just phenomenal, isn't it? You and would you think, money. wouldn't you? Like, it all <laughs> makes sense. It's like, I don't see the it's problem. So but, but, right, you know, unfortunately, humans operate on crisis and not preemptive uh, problem solving. We wait till it's already too late. Um, you know, one of our projects in Northern Thailand, it is actually a biodiverse, one of the most important biodiverse hotspots on the planet. It has to be protected. Okay. I mean, it, it's for the climate, for everything. Putting these elephants of ours back there because they're there already, it, it just makes sense, but the, it's money. People think in the here and the now, not what's going to happen down the road, unfortunately. And, and when you're offered more money than you've ever had. It's tempting, isn't it? No. And we can I understand it. Well, you know, 
everybody would like to have their mortgage paid and be out of poverty. Yeah, going back, you know, we're always thinking uh, that the government should do, the government should change, the government, the law. But going back to the real issue, and the real issue is the tourism. The tourism, the tourists, if tourists were to refuse to take part in any of this, they would, it doesn't matter what the government does. Money is the greatest law that walks the earth and rules the earth. So if all tourists would come together and just refuse to take part of any of this abuse, any of this cruelty, then they would be forced to change. Even when we were in Thailand in 2021, November of 2021, we interviewed with uh, many of the owners that we supported. And they themselves say that they prefer the tourists not to be touching their elephants. They prefer their tourists not, the tourists not to be bathing or being near the elephants, that it's much easier for them to just have the tourists uh, be observing from afar because it puts the Mahout in danger every time that the tourists are so close. But they, they will do whatever the tourists demands. And this is what has been happening. You know, we'll, we're always saying the culture and the, and the country or the, you know, the laws that are not in effect and whatever. But it, really, the greatest culprit of all are the tourists. Because I, I, wonder, the t- I wonder, did the tourists ever really know? You know, I, I don't say, I mean, I know because of doing what I do with the advocacy, you know, because of what you do. But generally... If you sat on a plane with 300 people, I bet maybe 10% might have a clue. And I wonder. There's still a high percentage of people who are ignorant to what happens, even in the US, about circuses, zoos, all of that. But at the same time, we have such a vast amount of knowledge right at our fingertips called the internet. It's amazing that people don't. It, I, I don't it, know. It, it's it a difficult thing. It more, just more than, I don't think. More, more than that, I want to. More than the internet and more than anything else, it's common sense. Yeah. It's common it, sense. It's the, you can't, you can't, you know, as a human being, as an intelligent, actually, they say we're the most intelligent. I, I, beg to differ, but as an intelligent being, you really have to ask yourself, how do they get a 600, 800 toddler pound, pound, 800 pound toddler to stay still so that you can take a selfie with him or her? But common common sense isn't isn't common, is it, anymore? You know, with what we live in, it's not. but, But, you know, many people continue... Uh, hiding behind the veil of I didn't know and you just have to observe use your own eyes you know is that I didn't see we are very similar to many other species elephants being one of them if you look at a a, a picture of a baby elephant a happy one and a baby elephant who has become a slave that it's right there in front of you a baby elephant just like a human toddler uh, will be looking down completely scared their demeanor, their behavior, the way they 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 handle themselves is very similar to the way a human baby does when they are being mis- mistreated or when they have they are full of fear. You can see the baby elephant that uh, 
you know, hasn't been fed. You can see a baby elephant when they are scared. You see they're not interacting. They're not behaving like a puppy, like a human baby, or like a ba- uh, an elephant baby. It's, well, then, then, know, we get, then we get the problem, though, that the tourism industry sells the tickets. Now, I saw one literally two days ago. I can't remember if it's on Twitter or in on the news. And um, a travel agent was advertising um, something to do with elephants. And there was a picture there of someone buying an elephant in a river or something. So I clicked on it just to have a look. And they were selling tickets. And they had made it look so lovely. Yeah. So somehow... It would be really helpful if those huge animal charities, the big ones with the millions in the bank, had a worldwide campaign. It's not being horrible. It's saying, tourists, please don't do this. Do this. Support this. Support that. And then you've got all the links. And I have to say the climate conferences could do a lot more as well. We need biodiversity. We need our forests. Elephants are a keystone species. The ones that are taken out and put into zoos and in chains are out of natural selection. They're out of the gene pools. It's just, as you say, the mothers are being raped and it's bad breeding anyway. So if all these organisations would realise they're not even going to lose any money at the end of it, it is still tourism, but it's sustainable tourism, which we all need. I mean, it could it could just literally sweep through change, couldn't it? I saw in Times Square this week that they put the pictures of the two pandas up from um, a zoo where they didn't weren't doing very well and one poor thing died. But it was in Times Square. They had these images up there to tell tourists and tell people what was happening. If they can yeah. do that for that, why can't they do it for this? You know, and exactly. just... We need... But we you know, Ivana, like, people... So people, let's let's do the tiger selfies. Who in their right mind believes they can go stand next to a wild tiger? Come on. Those tigers are so drugged, you can see it. But people just, I think humans are, like Diana has said, humans are so me, 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 me. They fail to see what's around them and the bigger picture. You go into a zoo, why would you want to go to a zoo where the animals are doing absolutely nothing and look miserable? What is what is that? People don't see it. They don't see the misery. When you compare that to viewing something in its natural habitat, communicating with its own kind and 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 living, the experiences are so completely different. I just don't understand it. Why don't people see it? Why don't why don't they see a big because I think they're it, selfish. Well, a big part of it as well is you've got certain conservationists that are not doing they're taking a huge amount of money in donations and those cages are staying shut. And they're saying we'd like to do this, but we haven't got enough money. And even yeah. if you're in a sanctuary or a better way, those cages are staying shut and those donations are rolling on in. And yeah. I think if if reporters or someone you know, with an interest in biodiversity and wildlife would really now sort out what is good and what is not good conservation. Um, I've been horrified in what I've seen in the past couple of years where there's millions in bank in banks that's just on freedom of information. It's on the normal, you know, you can Google it, you know, what charities have. And you think, well, hang on a minute. 
with all that money. Someone who saves turtles told me a while ago, they said, this particular conservation has something like 800 million or have this or that. And you think, but that should have solved that pro- that problem. And it didn't. Right. And they're still and getting the donations in. Are, are you aware of the mammoth cloning going on right now? Oh, yeah. So there's the mammoth project, right? It's been going on for a while. Many people don't know about it. So I think they already have them out there in the Arctic. And the reason they did this, and they say that it, it isn't for tourism or whatever, it's because the Arctic has such a biodiverse um, environment, plus because the ice is melting, you know, all this stuff's being yep. released into the air. So really quick, they're trying to put the mammoth back to take care of this. And I'm like, but but that we already, they already went extinct. Why aren't we fixing the problem with the animals that are still alive here right now, like the exactly. elephants and those that are in the forest to stop that? Why do we wait? They're spending billions of dollars on this project. This is the thing. Yeah, the money's, it, the it, money's it, already yeah. there, but the money's going to all kinds of things that aren't doing really fixing any problems. And we see that from lots of conferences and things going on. You think, well, if we just had that money, that would have solved that problem. Yeah. But this, but going back to what you've done and your problem right now is um, how to move forward and get some of those elephants. Obviously, you can't get them all. We can't save all of the puppies in the pound, but get enough of them or get some of them safe and still help people. Yeah. Um, I've seen on your website, people can adopt, you know, an elephant and, you know, you've got lovely details about about. things on there. Um, And also, I think I've read that with Elephant Nature Park, they've been running courses to teach people skills. And, you know, are people still keen to do that kind of thing? Well, first of all, I think before going into that, I would like to tell everyone at Gentle Giants, you know, all our Gigi family, which way we're headed. And, you know, because of because of the events that have occurred in the past uh, weeks that, you know, elephants have been taken from us. We're not sure if they were sold. We're we're sure they're not having a wonderful life. We don't know if they were sold or taken back to slavery, uh, which is probably what's happened. Um, So Gentle Giants is having to reinvent, um, you know, we're having to reinvent ourselves in the sense that we're going to be uh, going more towards rescuing than to just keeping elephants home because we don't want, you know, unless they, unless the owners uh, sign the new contracts that have very, very, very strong clauses in which they can't sell their elephants, they can't take them back to work, they have to sign a contract of minimum three years, Uh, You know, if any, if they breach the contract in any way, they will have to refund the money with 7% interest. You know, this is all uh, that we're putting into effect. Um, And we're still waiting again. As I say, it's a very long process because all the families have to come together and agree if they also sign the contract. But we would like to be able to save by saving, I mean, rescue as many elephants as possible. Uh, it all comes down to how much funds uh, we'll be able to raise to be able to save them. Colby mentioned about a baby and a, a mother being about uh, 2.5 million bot. This is 
this would be the price for a baby ele male elephant. If it's a baby girl, then the price is higher because it's a female and females are always um, more expensive to buy, less expensive to keep. So it's, you know, okay. it's more expensive with the boys. So we're headed that way because right now we're um, having to face the terrible heartbreak of not being able to convince the owners who we have worked for and worked with uh, for 2.5 uh, years um, to stay and be ethical. You know, right now their hearts have turned into money. I want money, money, money. And, and this is something that, you know, we're pushing back, but obviously we won't be able to save uh, the elephants. We have created a rescue fund um, so that we can be ready to, to rescue anyone you know, when they come up for, for sale, because they give us just very little few days, like with Kamsian, they said, okay, we'll give you the option to buy this baby elephant, but you have to give us the funds in a week. So I imagine, thankfully, our beautiful Gigi family came together. And in about 36 hours, we had raised the funds, and we were able to secure his safety. But, you know, it's also it puts a lot of, of a stress and a lot of uh, a big burden on our followers, our supporters. And we completely understand this. So we'll, that's where we're headed. We're headed towards more rescue. We've been uh, talking to Lek. Lek recently uh, purchased beautiful land right next to Elephant Nature Park. So we would be any elephant that comes to be under, you know, that we are able to purchase dental giants, then we are also responsible for raising the funds and, you know, fencing that part of her land. Because of course, everyone has to understand that we can't just buy the elephant and then go dump it to and say yes. goodbye. You know, this is, a, people must understand. Baby comes down right now is four years old and we expect for him to have a beautiful life uh, that will last could be for another 70 years. You know, yes. that life expectancy for an elephant is just like for a human being. So, you know, this is a long-term commitment, which we have to take care of everyone. It's not only say, hey, like, you know, we have a baby elephant here, we raise the funds for the initial, uh, you know, to secure him and goodbye. We have to really try to take care of the future. Like, just like when you have a child, you know, this is- yes. We, it's like if we had just birthed our baby and now we have to secure its its um its future and and its well-being for the rest of his natural life uh so that's that's something that we want people to understand and we want people to know that we are doing our very 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 best to try to keep everyone safe but uh as hard as it is to admit we won't be able to we are going to lose many elephants and we're going to lose many elephants to abuse and cruelty. And there's just nothing we can do about it. And, you know, we have kept our promises all throughout the way, but we have also always said we will always be upfront and completely transparent and honest with what is happening because this, this is the, the people contribute uh, and, you know, and they help us uh, to see, change and to see hope and to see that their funds are going to where they are must go and it's always been like this 
you know, just like you say, anyone can go and Google how much we have in the bank. And it's not much because everything that we receive, we send out to keep everyone safe. We've never kept anything or, you know, people could look at our, our uh, books and. That's, that's the thing though. Now, I mean, people are so skeptical of many charities and, you know, we, we, being upfront and honest especially with what some conservation groups have done and hoarded you know is is usually the groups such as yourselves that are just you know literally every penny every euro every dollar is going to where it should be going and you know working incredibly hard with with can I just ask you with some of the elephants that were home for two maybe three years um when they were home did they, I mean, I've seen a few pictures on Twitter and, you know, one guy was out with his two elephants wandering about. And first of all, I was a little bit confused because he was saying, oh, you know, I'm on a stay at home thing. And then I realised it must have been one of your um, um, elephant owners. And he said, I really like, you know, my elephants, you know, just wandering about and doing this and doing that. And I just wondered how many elephants when they were at home, how does it work? Because I'm a I appreciate that not everybody's probably got a huge back garden where they can just let a few elephants roam around. Or is it that where a lot of these people live, um, you are allowed to let your elephants roam, you know, a bit like a national park or something. How, how did it How did it work for them to be at home? Hope you want to address it or you want me to? Um, you know, it varied. Um, some people are closer to more land. Um, the begging elephants in Surin, um, we're already at at one time a part of an ethical project until um, COVID hit. So they already had enclosures. Um, you know, we set up enrichment things like the tires to play with, tubs for the babies. Um, there is water sources nearby that they would take them to and they, and they alternate. I mean, they weren't just, you know, thrown out mm-hmm. into the wild. Um, but pretty much everyone we had, they went on walks, they went to the river, they, you know, they, they grazed and roamed in their area. Um, obviously they had to be on drag chains at night because many of these people don't have the type of enclosures to protect the elephants at night. Um, which is understandable. They were not chained during the day. Um, up at Omkoi, those elephants were actually in the forest, roaming wherever they wanted. Um, so now their mahouts were out there. Yeah. Their mahouts were with them to make okay. sure they were safe to keep them out of crops and away from wild elephants. But they basically were just in the forest doing what they do. So they've had they were. Two, two to three years, um, yeah, probably of healing. Uh, I saw a few pictures, um, you know, on Twitter or somewhere, and just someone sat watching his elephants, you know, a couple of elephants wandering down the path. And it was lovely. And I read on your website that you had, you know, part of your agreement was that people send in pictures every day and you noticed a change in the pictures. So, you know, that people were all of a sudden, look at my elephant doing this and look at this. They were kind of, it's like when you change the way you look at things, the things that you look at change and they kind of changed the way they saw their elephants. And I yes. just wonder how many people, you know, and even if it's one, you know, it, it makes a difference. So 
did you find many people were changing the way they looked at it? And you think that even if they do go back to work, I'm not saying it's perfect, it's not, we don't want these elephants working, but do you think that in some small way, there's any of this, anything will be easier for the elephants after two, three years off? Well, we saw many, many people uh, at first when we started asking them to send the pictures and the videos, we would see many of the elephants not looking good. Um, you know, and as as they we started telling the owners, let the elephants go into the water, let the elephants roam, let the elephants be close one to another. And they started seeing how the, the relationship between the elephants developed and how different the elephants looked. And we had many owners say that they saw how beautiful their elephants had become to them, that they had never even noticed or even been aware. It, there's something really funny about uh, Thailand and the owners, and even in the Taiwanese in general, that they don't see elephants as sentient beings. They just see them like a chair. You know, it's like they're okay. something that you you work. Yeah, it's not it's not something that they really see. And they uh, started seeing the change in their elephants. And many made the comments that uh, you know we're so happy to see them interacting and how they are behaving. So. I think right now, even the, the one of the journalists, um, Mark Stratton, he went to Omkoi, and the people, many of the owners, told him that they were so happy that they didn't have to be so hard, or they didn't have to be hard on their elephants. They could just let them be elephants. So of course they have been able to see, and this is where we still have hope that these people will say, you know, I don't want to be hard on my elephant. That they have. Uh, created a bond of through the lens of taking the the pictures and seeing their you know because they have to see what they're sending us you know if it if they if we saw something that we didn't like we would immediately go and say hey you know what this elephant something is wrong with this elephant and we learned you know for for us observation is one of the best ways to know what an elephant is feeling and going through and it's it's become very easy. I know for Colby and for myself, because of the expression, elephants speak volumes just by the way they look, uh, the way their demeanor. So we would always have to, you know, if we saw something funny, which was in the case of Baitoy, that that's why I hounded Lek and telling her, Lek, something is wrong with her. We see it. We see it. We see it. They're killing her. Something is wrong with Baitoy. This baby girl needs our help. She's dying. She's dying right there before our eyes. And we kept pushing and pushing the owner and threatening him to stop support. But we also wanted to know that Baitoy was, was, you know, how she was doing, if she was going to survive. And finally, she was moved to EMP and hopefully she'll stay there forever. So many people, going back to what you're asking is, yes, the owners have seen a change. And yes, they do like the change. Unfortunately for them, right now, again, because tourists are demanding this close contact with the elephants, then again, they're being like, oh, well, yeah, it's a nice elephant and I would love to see the elephant happy, but the money is so good, you know, and they're, again, greed is taking over their soul. So, you know, again, the, 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 the plea you know, that we're asking, the, the pleas, the begging, we beg people. Stop supporting abuse and cruelty. Stop it. Tourists have the key to end this. They can end it immediately. They can start spreading the word. You know, we can be just a very powerful 
uh, force of nature that we're unstoppable if we just start spreading the word start and doing our part. I've always told our supporters, do not take a selfie with an elephant. And if you do, keep it for yourself. Just never publish it on social media because that per social media doesn't, the people that see that picture, you know, they take, I've seen pictures of myself or pictures of I've taken in other groups that I've never had anything. They don't even mention who I am or who took the picture. They don't credit anything. They just say whatever, whatever, whatever. And this is what happens with the selfies. The selfies are shared and shared and shared and shared. And what the person, the supporter might be trying to say, you know, I was at Elephant Nature Park with this elephant that has been rescued, blah, blah, blah. And that's the text. But the picture is taken and just spread out as a person standing next to an elephant. And this feels that people want to go out and have this experience. And this is what takes babies and mothers, uh, you know, what rips them apart. And this is what... And people don't realize, they don't realize that how much harm you know that photo can do to people's efforts and exactly. you know you've raised a good few points there because there are a lot of people trying to help and there's all kinds of ways you can help and you know every day myself and other people on social media and we're trying to raise awareness politely and quietly you know everybody's got you know people who follow each other and there's you know if you add up how many people are linked it's thousands and that spread is thousands and if we can all maybe each day just you know it's something we can do we never we haven't thought of it so far but we can do you know hey tourists you know tourism somehow you know start posting things to try and raise awareness you know when you see tourism trending you can do something with a hashtag that just maybe spreads a message very carefully and you know you can tag in that you know, especially in the UK, stay, save the Asian elephant. Mm-hmm. We're trying to change the law because it's something ABDA could do. It's something in other countries, tur- tourism could do. It takes no money away from them. They can still sell tickets to sustainable tourism. They can see, still sell tickets to the proper places that don't hurt animals. But the tourism industry, I think, has got away with an awful lot of being left in peace when actually yes. when you say, come on now, you know, this is your bit. You've been taking money for years and earning million for years. You can do something here, something really good, you know, and I think people can really try now and engage the tourism industry. I know. And that's what we, we try to tell people all the time because people are like, well, what I, I don't, I can't donate. I don't have, and we understand that, Yeah, Uh, you know, but you can make a huge difference just by sharing because you don't know, who will see it and then share and the ripple effect. And I know a lot of people feel overwhelmed and go, oh, what can I as one person possibly do? Just share. Tell, talk to people when you see them. You don't know how that's going to go down the line, you know, and, and with social media, you can really make a difference if you just hit that share button, you know. I, I think I would urge people to because I have been astounded in the people I've met over the past year and when someone with a lot of followers all of a sudden shares your tweet or does something and people want to you know there's plenty Mm -hmm. of you know personalities or celebrities or pop stars or um, politicians and okay you know 
we kind of think they live in a bubble, but actually a lot of them have made it from scratch and they're really aware. Everyone has. It starts, it's just change starts with you. I mean, and that's, that's something that I always, uh, and I tell many, many, many people, you know, just Colby and I, um, she started a little bit after I did, but I started uh, advocating and it was just one person and, you know, just one, one day, I just um, decided or realized that I needed to help elephants. I went to Thailand. I came back. I put all my social media public, took down every personal photo I have had of myself and just uh, turned my social media into my advocate world. And it was just me. I didn't know anyone. I knew zero, like no one. Um, And I just started, uh, I became part of uh, some elephant groups and, some of them were good and some of them were bad. And I was just observing, observing and reaching out to people. And then I started chatting with like, we became great, great friends. So I started chatting with uh, uh, Scott from Global. We're excellent friends. You know, I started chat. I was even, you know, I'd be, I was just reaching out to people and talking to people. But at the end of the day, I wasn't known. I didn't know anything about elephants. I was learning and I was, and it's just, People say, you know, oh, who am I? Just how can I change? You are, we are, we all are very, very important. It's not, you know, you if you don't have the name out there, you can make the name for yourself. You know, you can, you can start pushing, you can start doing many, many things. And many people, you know, I would post things about elephants. I had one like, and then what I post another thing maybe three likes and one day I had a thousand likes and then one day a post went viral and it was shared I think 48,000 times you know and it was just growing and growing and you just have to start studying what works how your message is getting out there and what are the powerful tools you can have and we are all different it doesn't work all the same I personally uh, am great at writing as if I were the elephant and those are the best posts I ever make, like the elephants, uh, you know, the people will be very, very moved in touch. And they they talk back to the elephant, which is absolutely lovely to see that, you know, I if I say, please help me. And, you know, as the elephant and people will say, oh, baby, I, I'll save you. I'll donate for you. I'll do this. You know, people find this bond of, 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 of this connection. And it moves people, but that works for me. It doesn't work for everyone. Some people, you know, are excellent. Colby's excellent at writing things that are very punctual. A lot of, you know, a lot of things with a lot of information and everything. Sometimes when we're, but I can do it, but it takes, it, it's very more, a lot more effort than if I write as an elephant. And then I always tell Colby when we have to do one of the posts, I tell her, oh, we need to write this. And by we, I mean you, because she's excellent <laughs> at it. You know, she's really excellent. So, you know, it really depends. People can just find whatever works for them to get their voice out. And their voice is powerful. It and is. And, I, and look, I think as well, people don't realize that once you get involved, I've been surprised that times have changed. And as you say, if someone's good at something and someone's good at something else, it makes you realize that you don't have to be good at everything. And what you do, sometimes someone will say, oh, thanks for backing me up or thanks for this, thanks for that. And it's actually very polite. And mm-hmm. as you say, it's just 
it's just getting a message across, but you find yourself almost not lonely in your cause. Right, you know, exactly. and you realize that, you know, it's like um, you know, you can't save everybody, but my goodness me, every now and then when one is saved, you know, and I will always, you know, probably go back to the epic Cavan. You know, that started off so small, it took five years, and look how it ended up. And you know that I worked every I was, I was Diana. Part of, yeah. Yeah. Kavan is our cause. We were team Kavan. We started it all. It's really funny. Uh, you know, I remember the day that uh, Mark, um, I can't remember, Mark, Mark Crown yeah. emailed us and said, we want to work with you. When Marcus shares, um, yes, yeah, I, I know who they are, and and, uh, and and you know, and I remember I was the one that wrote the email, and I said, "Well, that is great, wonderful, and you know, um, if you want to work with us, but it will have to be the way we're doing it. You know, it's not like so. It, it took five years, and we worked hard, and it was very, very hard, and the world stood by us, and we did everything." possible and that's what we could do for these uh gentle ones now you know that's what we need like gentle giants right now that's what we need for the world to stand by us and we won't be able to save uh, them all we probably will won't be able to save. we've saved we rescue one so our Gigi boy which is baby comes on right now he will be we will be all his nannies and his in 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 see him uh that he will grow up to be this majestic bull without ever having to fear uh losing him to anything and you know anything uh like slavery we don't know we you know life can can say oh well i want to take yeah. him and he can, so i can't promise he'll live till whenever he lives but at least now we know that he will not suffer slavery and, but, and people you know, will see that won't they they will see that that they stood up they joined together as i said we can't all be the ones loading the elephant on the container but we can all be the one that sends the email that sends the tweet that opens the door and i want to share with everyone that in 36 hours we had uh we raised the money you know i want to thank uh especially um the supporters that have always stood by us and and the supporters that just came recently there were you know there's one uh nelly nelly uh she was very adamant. I wanted to send my funds and I want them to go straight to uh, baby Kamsian. So, you know, she was very, uh, we were uh, messaging with her back and forth. And finally, she we received her donation and it will go to directly to baby Kamsian. And another beautiful supporter who she's always been with us, like since the very start, Christina and and Christina, you know, we're always like, my goodness, thank you for being here on this journey with us. And she's like, I'm always going to be there. And we appreciate all of this, but we appreciate every single one of our supporters. We had people donating $2. You know, it was really like, you know, I don't have any more, but here are my $2 for baby comes down. And yes, those $2 will be part of his journey because every penny counts. Oh, it's it does with like animals. It, it absolutely does. Yeah. And I want people to be so proud when we start posting you know once he's moved I want people to be so proud and say he's my baby you know I made this happen 
it because we all did. We all, you know, I when Phoebe and I said, wow, one week to raise all that money, well, 40 something thousand dollars for baby comes down. And, you know, in 36 hours, it was just like, wow, we couldn't believe it. We just couldn't believe it, you know, and now um, whoever becomes available, we hope to be able, but it's, it's a, a lot of money and a lot of, you know, a lot of resources yeah. that we need to be able to rest. And, and I want to say, I know there are people who hesitate to donate $5 because they feel embarrassed and it's not enough and don't. You know, we have 15,000 followers just on Facebook. If every one of those 15,000 followers donated $1.25 a week, which is $5 a month, that's $75,000 a month to go into these rescue funds. What is $1.25 a week? I mean, you know, I I, I know people are like, uh, but no, it's seriously if people would do that, literally every penny, get a jar, throw your loose change in it. And at the end of the month, whether it's $2, $10, you know, whatever, every penny makes a difference right now. Every I, I really penny. love whoever started really? that thing. Sorry, whoever started that thing on, you know, for fundraising, saying the price of a coffee, I think was genius because. I probably was one of those people that thought, oh, you know, it's a couple of quotes, you know, oh, no. And then the price of a coffee, actually, I can do that. And mm-hmm. so can everybody else. And it's kind of made it okay, hasn't it? Yeah. It's Absolutely. Is that I want to tell you, we don't have big uh, uh, supporters, meaning with deep pockets. And we've been able to send, I don't know, I'm, I'm going to, I have the appointment with the accountant next week a week but I think it would been like um in this 2.5 years I think it's been more than two million dollars and it and it hasn't been uh from from a big company that said you know what I'm gonna give you 500 I'm gonna give you 100 not even 50,000 nothing like that has ever happened to us we have uh all that we have been able to accomplish are from lay people and yes we had uh you know people that have donated thousands of dollars. I think the maximum we had maybe was mm, 10,000, if I'm not mistaken. That's been like a, a, the biggest donor we had. But uh, aside from that, it's been very, uh, so 10,000, which is absolutely, we wish we could get that every day and, and from various sources, but it hasn't been like that. So the $2 million that we have been able to send out of those two million, only one source was ten thousand. So the rest has been from lay people sending their five here, fifty here, twenty here, a hundred here. You know, it it really adds up and it really helps. And you know, we want people to never feel like, oh, I don't give enough because they do. They I do think that's it lovely. And I think that that is probably a really nice note to end on that people can make such a massive difference yes it's doable you know it's it's sometimes the world is a little bit depressing and it you know we've got to remember that we can do stuff and also it's always nice to work with people it's always nice to meet new people from all over the world and you know especially if everybody is interested in the same thing it's kind of like having a hobby where everybody meets up and Mm -hmm. it's it does make you feel good as well and 
you know, it works. You know, you're living proof. It works. And I love the charities that do things for people and animals. And it just makes such a difference. And And it's going to make such a difference for the climate as well. Ultimately, it's what we need. And it's what we need now. It it has. And, you know, um, that is something that Gentle Giants uh, supporters must also know is that they haven't only helped elephants. They have helped families. And if many, many of the families uh, or many children did not go hungry and along with their mothers and fathers is thanks to their support because we fed, you know, through our supporting their elephants, we were feeding them as well. Same thing. Uh, the farmers were able to stay afloat was because we were buying their produce. Many of them, many other families were helped because we were hiring hiring them to build the shelters that we built. So it was a beautiful chain of kindness and compassion that didn't only help elephants. It helped uh, people all over Thailand. And it, that is something that and- people have to realize. And one last thing, I do want to you know, uh, a very, very special shout out to our elephant angel, Elizabeth Palmer, who she has been such an amazing uh, force to Gigi. You know, she has really stood by us and been there for us. And, you know, there have been times where uh, we're very close and we talk very often. And there have been times that she senses that I'm about to pull my hair out because of of what we're going through. And she will contact me. And, you know, she's a bit, you know, it's, it's, it's just amazing how many beautiful people we have come across. And she is one of them, Elizabeth Palmer. And I always tell her, she says, you know, I stand Gigi and I tell her, well, you've helped so much is that you are Gigi. So (laughs) that's lovely. Colby, final words. Uh, Yeah. I just wanted to let people know, we just had a recent article by Mark Stratton come out about um, ethical tourism and our own Koi volunteer project, which is up and running that people can um, sign up for. Everything's on our website. If you go to our website, which is gentlegiantselephants.org, there's a lot of information there. Uh, past projects, current projects. There's a media section that has past media, present media. Um, We're on Facebook. All those links are on our website, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. And always Diana and I try to make ourselves, you know, it's just Diana and I. So we do our very best to we do have full-time jobs on top of this but we do our best to get back to people right away so if anybody has questions they can message us they can email us um you know that's lovely this this is our passion so you know we we're here for thank you thank you diana thank you colby i think we've learned a lot we've talked about a lot and i hope this really you know makes people want to you know send a tweet send an email you know maybe adopt a baby elephant and just do something and know that it is so appreciated and it helps i think that's what yeah. we can say to people isn't it so yeah, thank you thank you so much for joining thank me today. You. Thank, thank you thank you thank you very so much, much. yvonne